Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Hi, Mayor. Hi, Jen. Happy Monday. Well, happy Monday to you. So glad to be here with you uh, recording another episode of This Caregiver Life. Oh, me too. I'm always happy to do This Caregiver Life podcast. And now we're on video and audio. We're 21st century gals right here. Yeah, YouTube, right? YouTube. And um, how little did we know what an impact that would make. We've um, had our first episode um, shared on YouTube for the whole series, and uh, we've managed to attract some new listeners and even some new guests, which I'm really excited about. I know, me too. Coming up soon, right? Coming up soon, and we're uh, that'll be our May 6th episode. will be our special guest, Terry Moore. So more to come on Terry joining us for the show. Um, but even more exciting than that, we are just 50 listeners away from reaching the 2000 mark. And that's pretty exciting, isn't it? Like, just think about it. We, have, when did we start our podcast? January, 2019? Uh, yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, we were kind of cash at first. So that's pretty good, don't you think? That's really good growth. I'm, I'm gonna look right now so we can give our listeners an, an accurate statement but it's not only good it makes me feel good that um that many people want to connect about caregivers and who are caregivers just to understand what we're going through and that means a lot to me it means that sharing our story is helping other people right and sharing the stories of others you know did you see on our um this caregiver life facebook page the other day I shared a video, a YouTube video of Justin Logan. We interviewed his mom a couple weeks, about six weeks ago or so, Judy Logan. Um, oh, yes. Judy, and she had said that she would share the link about his progress as he was rehabbing. It was a film that is a video that his brother made. And Judy sent it to me a little while ago, but you know, as things go in this caregiver life, some emails do get buried. Sometimes I forget things. And that's okay. Hit us up on social media if you want to connect with us. Um, and our email, thiscaregiverlife at gmail.com. Uh, we're both checking them now. We get alerts and all those fancy things. We're trying to use technology more. So please do hit us up. What really I love is that not only are people connecting with us, but, but folks like Judy are taking time to share updates with our listeners. I do too. I love that too. And I, I, I love that we're going to make a little bit of a shift in our content um, for at least the next few months going forward. I think we always share caregiver stories, um, but not necessarily the storytelling. I, you know, there's one thing about us doing interviews and asking people our guests questions, and then there's another whole different concept of having people on who want to share their story as a storyteller. 
I agree with that. So um, today is National Storytelling Day, and you and I have been talking a long time about how we can help other people share their stories. It's something I do professionally. It's something you've done as an author and are even incorporating into your med meditation and mindfulness uh, practice. And it's you and I both know how cathartic it is to share your to share stories, whether it's about what you've been through or something that you've experience or you're retelling a story it's really so important to the the lore of humans i mean we were born to tell stories that's how we began communicating before we had books <laughs> before we had podcasts you know cave people sitting around fires telling stories about a star that they saw or an animal that they hunted and um that's breaking it down to the basics but we want to help you start from the basic and work up in storytelling so not only are we going to be having people join us to share their stories but we're going to be sharing tips and tricks with you about how you can share become a storyteller as well and I, I think in the in the fall, we have a tented, our tentative plan is that we'll begin to offer workshops for storytelling, whether it's writing the story, using photographs or a painting or whatever your visual art is, that generally to tell a really good story, you've got to bring two together. You've got to bring the writing and the visual together. So it's sometimes like Jennifer can see that in my background here on our our Zoom call today is a photograph, but it's not just any photograph. If you don't have the caption to it, it's hard to really appreciate it, right? This is one that we took with film not too long ago and then developed ourselves and its color. And that in and of itself is a story because of Tom's disabilities with his hands from ALS, along with his cognitive difficulties. So we put together a lot of pieces to make this work so that we could try it out and see how it felt to to make create a photograph develop the photograph and then print the photograph we could have the beginning and the middle and the end we could feel the whole process and it would bring a new meaning to visual arts for us and it did so so you need to have those captions or those short stories or prose that go with it or poems that go with whatever your visual is but you don't necessarily have to have the visual in order to tell the story. You can write great, you can write great prose without having any visual content. I'm, uh, I'm not someone that writes with visual prompts. I, um, I pull it all out of the, the gray matter, but I think it's really important for um, us to, to share with folks how they can get to that beginning, middle and end and how the, they can use different techniques of storytelling to not only you know, share their story to be cathartic for them, but also to, to be inspirational to someone else. I mean, think of the countless people with disabilities and the countless caregivers who can be inspired by your journey with Tom to experiment with the film photography and development um, despite the hurdles of disability. I mean, that's just so inspirational. And, and also uh, telling stories can help us connect with other people that we can find a, a support who might have a resource for us so there's so many benefits to storytelling and we as in this day and age unlike around the cave people campfires we aren't really telling stories as often as we should oh and we, we shouldn't lose our stories our stories are important our stories are us i'm going to share something with you um if this is very personal 
So hold on a second. So my grandmother taught me about journaling and storytelling. Um, when I was young, she recognizing that I needed an outlet for some emotions that I, that I had and I needed a place to put those things. She encouraged me to journal every day. She said, you should write something down every day, even if nobody ever reads it, because writing things down helps you make sense of it all. And that's so true. It really does help you make sense of it all. In telling the story and putting the middle, the beginning, the middle, and the end together, you make some sense of it. Mm-hmm. And um, she journaled every day for her whole life. And I, unfortunately, I don't have all of her journals, but I do have her last two. Because while she was in um, a nursing care facility and I was um, her guardian, I, um, you know, I was responsible for taking her things, making sure she had clothes, making sure she had money in her account to get things at the little snack shop inside the nursing home. And, um, and I made sure she had journals. And so oh, not very so long beautiful ago. beautiful that you made sure she had a journal. Not very long ago, I remembered that I had this. Um, and it's, it's her, one of her last ones. And when I first glanced at it, when I first started flipping through the pages, it felt like every page said the same thing because my grandmother had dementia. For our caregivers listening who care for someone with dementia, you get this. Life becomes very repetitive mm-hmm. because life at that point in that disease is lived in the past. And But then last week, I took time to read through this and it's not very long and it's in her beautiful sort of short handy cursive and everything's dated. Um, but I realized every page isn't the same. And many of the pages had their own tiny stories woven in, maybe even one sentence at a time. And that's what I wanna share with everyone. That's what I wanna share with our listeners is how to get that storytelling out, just one sentence at a time. That's beautiful. Can you share one sentence with us? Oh, yes. Here, this is an easy one. Happy days we had on our farm. Wow, that just elicits so many beautiful, beautiful images. There's so much in here about the farm that my grandparents owned and about how happy she was. And even though um, dementia is is tough, it's it's a brutal disease. Um, I'm so blessed that my grandma wrote these things down in her last days on earth so that I could be reassured that she did have some, some happiness, you know? Oh yeah. You, um, did she ever write about any, um, sadness in there or was she just writing more about good days? No, loads of sadness. And I hope that in some way that gave her a little solace that by writing that down, it helped her make sense of the sadness. Mm -hmm. Um, and certainly by writing it down, it, it helped her remember the happiness too. Um, but I, I really, I did just want to share that, um, there were some beautiful things said about me in here too. And I, I was really down last week and I needed to read those. So, um, I'm so hopeful that we get our audience to a place where maybe they're journaling and maybe nobody will ever read it, but if it helps them make sense of it, that's, that's our goal. I'm telling you a story. My, so my grandma, 
she wrote poems. Mm -hmm. So these are her poems in, but you can't see. I can see that now, yes. Yes, that's in her oh. writing. And then the rest of them, um, I think my aunt typed them up, but she wrote things like, here's one called Paradise, one called Why, Questions and Answers, Dear Ann Landers, remember Ann Landers? Cheers, memory lane. So I think she like she wove in her sadness in her poems, and then she she has some that are really very joyful. She wrote about her grandchildren and her children. But the beginning of memory lane, the first line is lonesome street and lonely road. So you know where that was going for her. And she wrote all the time. So she wrote these poems all the time. I'm so glad that I have them, and I think that that. It's so important that we share our stories. Um, if our stories, if we don't share our stories, they stay inside of us, kind of really bottled up. And um, it can be, we can live a tough life without sharing our stories. We can live a good life without telling our, our stories as well. But we help other people when we tell our stories. So much that, you know, that's my job at Wounded Warrior Project as spokesperson is to share my story, share my family's story and talk about how Wounded Warrior Project helped us so much, but also to encourage other people to share their stories and to do the same thing. And I have to say that it's very rewarding. It's, um, it's similar, I think, to prolonged exposure therapy, you know, I, it hasn't desensitized me to my story. If, if anything, it's connected me to it more. It's reminded me how important where I've been is to where I am now mm -hmm. and where I want to go in the future. So um, I hope that we can share that. Now, I was encouraged back in 2009 to pick up pen and paper again and to share the story of my brother's deployment. Um, which was one year long to Mosul, Iraq, um, with the Deucebor Striker Combat Brigade, where he was wounded. And I was encouraged by my good friend, Patty Donahue, who was the mother of the medic in my brother's unit. And Patty and I met on Saturdays for about six months, and we created a book called Friends for Life, Strangers Brought Together by the War in Iraq. And the beautiful thing about that book is we used our instant messages with her son and my brother while they were at, in war, but that was just the skeleton. And then we wrote our, what our stories, we told stories around those conversations to, to finish out the book. And by the time we were done, it really kind of helped us make sense of, of the deployment, at least how the deployment had impacted us and got me going into the next chapter where I, I stopped looking back at the deployment and I started looking forward at the recovery and the rebuilding of my family. Now you did something similar. You wrote a book right about the same time. I, well, I wrote uh, Letters Home um, in, right after Sean's first deployment. So his deployment was in the invasion with the 3rd Infantry Division out of Fort Stewart and he was with what's called what was called task force 164 i think they combined armor and infantry which hadn't been done before to through the drive up to baghdad um, and he wrote letters home from basic training and, and then he wrote letters home from the the war front and i 
I, I wrote the book, I published that book in 2004. So I wrote that fast. I wrote it in six months. Yeah. I just wanted to get it out of my head and put it on paper. I'm not a very good journaler. I don't journal daily like your grandmother did. That is not, it's just not who I am. I'm much better as a retrospective writer. And, and telling my story retrospectively, and I do everything retrospectively. Like I, well, that's the kind of teacher I was in the classroom. I was very reflective, um, as opposed to taking the time and, you know, maybe writing about my day when I was teaching, I would think about what my day was, what went well, what didn't go well, how and how to go forward. And that's my DNA structure. So journaling is a little laborious for me to do. So when mm -hmm. I wrote this, I was able to, I used his letters as an outline. I'm not a great outliner, um, but I did use his letters as an outline because they, they were basically were the structure of the story, right? So what were we doing? That's what I wanted people to know when I wrote Letters Home. How, how does war affect the families at home? Learning how war was affecting somebody who was actually serving right there on the front lines through his letters. So it was a really good combination piece. It was more about the emotions of war and less about the timeline of war. Mm. I um, think that, that was what Patty and I um, were, uh, our goal for Friends for Life was the same. We wanted to give people a window look into a, a brief moment in time that will never exist again and share the family experience. Um, and I don't think reading it 15 years later or in you know, your case, 17 years later, I don't think that it, it, it changes the impact of it. No, I loved uh, what one of the, one of the um, pieces that somebody wrote, like a little review on the back of the book for me was Ron Martz. He was an embedded journalist with the Atlanta Constitution in the Third Infantry Division. And I used to listen to his reports on NPR every morning. And I, I wrote about that in the book because I would be getting in the shower, getting ready to go to work. And I would just breathlessly wait to hear what Ron Martz had to say. He, I knew he wasn't with Sean's unit per se. He wasn't with his um, platoon, but I knew that he was right there like right in that same area. And you could hear the gunfire in the background with Ron Maltz's um, reports. And when I asked him if he would read the copy of the book before I published it, if he could give me a review, that would be great. And what he said was, this could be any war at any time in history. And that is really, you know, I never asked him. He still has the, he's, I'm in touch with his wife. She's we touch base every now and then, and he still has that book on his desk. He's no longer with the Atlanta Constitution, but he said it will always remind him of war. He's a Vietnam veteran, and um, he will always remind him of how hard it is on families, because it is. It's uh, and without sharing those stories, who knows how hard it is then? That's the that's the joy of storytelling in a way, and it's the hardship of storytelling because you make yourself vulnerable when you share stories like that. Well, and I think um, it's so easy to put up walls and protect ourselves. I hope that our listeners who will engage with us in the storytelling exercises that we're going to do, which will require our um, audience participation, I hope that they will allow themselves to become a little bit vulnerable uh, because I think that's really where you find the, 
the healing and you find the, the energy, you know, for some people, they don't need to heal from their stories. They, they want to get some excitement. They want to, they want to make people laugh and take some of that energy. There, there's so many ways that you can use the craft of storytelling to enrich your own life and enrich the lives of others. So I think that's our goal here. Everybody isn't going to write about war. Some people are going to, you know, write about, a, you know, the, their, their kids crashing their zoom calls with their boss's boss or you know I don't know what our listeners are gonna are gonna talk about but certainly um, we're gonna start with some people close to us um, some of the men that my brother served with and even my brother himself have expressed interest in doing some storytelling with us um, we're gonna make this a, a special bonus series a part of this caregiver life but it'll be a bonus and what we hope is that we can teach caregivers and those who care about them uh, how sharing their story can be impactful on themselves and on others. So I, what I, what I hear you saying um, is that the storytelling does not need to be about your caregiving journey. If I wanted to come on and tell the story about how when I was 45 years old, I decided to become a high school teacher after having been in management and administrative roles in a hospital, true story, I could do that. And it has nothing to do with being a caregiver. And I was a caregiver then, but it had nothing to do with being a caregiver. It was just this crazy decision that I made at 45 years old. Yeah. And there's a story to it. We just wanted the first day, the first day itself could be a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> its own podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. We, we just want to share um, some, we, we told you at the beginning of this season, it was going to be all about strategies and tools. And storytelling is a big strategy and tool that anybody can implement um, in their life, in their work life, in their personal life. And um, we want to help you incorporate storytelling into yours. And so I'm, I'm ex- really excited about this. Um, teaching other people how to tell their stories is something I'm passionate about. I'm actually teaching a workshop on Wednesday called The Art of Speaking. And I absolutely can't wait. Um, and then next week, I'm teaching a workshop on um, how you can become an uh, advocate for yourself. Uh, so how you can be effective at speaking to your medical providers and maximizing your time with, uh, with your practitioners and um, getting the most out of your uh, personal care plan. So I'm really excited about that. We will be bringing that to our listeners as well because we know that will benefit caregivers. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, I agree. And I, I love that you're doing those seminars. I think that's pretty exciting for you to do that. And that experience alone, we'll, we'll bring to the, you'll bring to the podcast when we when we have some some guests on that want to share some stories. So excited, and we're um, I'm I'm just excited that we've come together during this time of uncertainty. Well, I mean, we're now almost into May. We've been talking about the COVID crisis since early March, and um, you and I have been connecting with a lot of caregivers and a lot of people who support caregivers about. What do they need? Where are they struggling? How can they be supported? Um, and finding ways to support yourself really is the key to getting through any, any time of uncertainty. Um, finding ways to connect and knowing that you have those tools and strategies um, can make all the difference in, in your um, outlook and how you get through something. So I'm excited about this, Mayor. 
Oh, I am too. And I, and I started a, um, I have an album on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page that's public. I made the album public on purpose so that it could be followed by people who look up hashtag COVID-19 and they can find what people are talking about. It's a really mundane album. It's, it's sheltering in place. It's staying home. And I haven't been able to go out and do the kind of photography that I like to do, but I found ways of photographing how we are doing this from our home base. And that is part of my storytelling, little captions that go along with that. And it's nothing dramatic. We're not saving people's lives. We're not in the mix of the healthcare. I have a vulnerable person that I take care of. Um, so we're just doing our little tiny, teeny part in all of this by staying here where we are and documenting the mundaneness of it all. Now, hopefully some of the photos are interesting, but that that's part of storytelling because storytelling has its ups and downs as you tell a story right you have to get down sometimes into the weeds with the details and and then you come back up again i'm so excited for people to connect with us now um we'll put a link to that uh photo album in the show notes for today but we also want you to connect with us on all our social media so we're at this caregiver life on facebook and instagram and if you want to tweet us just at this caregiver because you know, we're keeping it real and short there. And then if you're, um, want to connect with us about storytelling, or you want to be a guest, or you have ideas for the show, just email us this caregiverlife at gmail.com. Sounds good. Till the next time. Till the next time, Mayor.